Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're listening to the adventures of Lonnie, the Brotherhood of Steel scribe, Clark, the veteran mercenary, the gearhead racer, and Hazel, the traveling scholar. This is Rat Rules, a Fallout tabletop RPG. Hello there. It's your substitute GM, Jared, here with a quick plug for an amazing product that I actually used in this session. So my name, Dr. J, isn't just for show. I am actually a licensed drug dealer, sorry, pharmacist. The use of healing items and medicinals in RPGs has been a fascinating ride during my career as both a medical provider and a tabletop enthusiast. And my recent purchase of the Herbalist Primer by Anna Urbanic and published by Exalted Funeral has been an absolute serendipitous experience. The Herbalist's Primer is a 360-page, hand-illustrated, system-agnostic resource that introduces magically-inclined plants from around the world. Whether you're playing something high fantasy, post-apocalyptic, science fiction, or modern, the Herbalist's Primer has you covered with both fantastic and practical applications for all of the plants. For Rad Rolls, I introduced Bloodroot, one of a hundred different species detailed in the Herbalist's Primer. You'll learn a little bit more about that in today's episode. If you missed out on the Herbalist's Primer Kickstarter, you can sign up to be notified of its summer release on ExaltedFuneral.com. Hey. You know, Clark does have H strength and melee weapons tagged and like foreign melee weapons, so... Um, yeah, I would... I would be up for a driving challenge. Yeah, Pep also would be prepared for that. Uh... <laughs> so the question... <laughs> the question... <laughs> the question is, like, uh, the, this character does not recognize them. Uh, yeah. Nah. We just recognize... The jumpsuit ish kind of. Yeah, you recognize, we recognize the jumpsuit. You don't. All right. Yeah, okay. You recognize the jumpsuits. I'm just assuming this is a crazy person who's like lived at this golf course for way too long with this Mr. Handy and thinks they're like some god of golf. Um, in this in this silence, I would like to now show off my great powers. Uh, because that's just the kind of that's the kind of person that um Uncle Buck the savior of the American people is. Um, and uh, I would like to uh, uh, utilize my laser vision um, to showcase to the room. Uh, and maybe I'll hit uh, 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 somebody with it. <laughs> I am unsure who. Uh, let's see Once here. you hit Willis. You may not get... Uh, roll me a... Um, I don't know. You're 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 just kind of showing off. Like you you're doing I am, this I am showing off, but I'm reckless. Okay, you're doing this indiscriminately. 
Uh, laser vision is a medium range uh, weapon. It's a lot okay. like a. Um, it's modeled after just a laser rifle. Excellent. Um, essentially, yeah. it's a laser rifle that's attached to my eyeballs. Okay. So, thankfully, Pep is a little too close for this laser shot, and like uh, uh, Uncle Buck fires off these lasers from his eyes. And it basically goes over Pep's left shoulder. If Pep had been any further away, that would have been, like, bad news. But, like, it narrowly avoids Pep, and it's just kind of like a trace laser. Like, it goes over the shoulder and kind of, like, Buck reflexively brings it over away to keep from hitting Pep. But, Pep, that was a a near-death experience that you just... uh, um, Encounter there. So, so Pepsi's like, it's an assaultron disguised as a human. Behold the power of America. This is the American soul coursing through my veins, through my eyeballs. None will stand in the way of America and everything that it holds dear. That's why I'm here at the golf course to uh, play an old game of golf. I learned about this growing up. You take a ball and you hit it at gophers and kill them. It's great. I will now show my prowess in the game of golf to you all. Everyone will behold my power. Sure, go for it, Buck Rogers. I think any, before anything like dangerous happens again, um, <laughs> I, like, I like use my stim pack because like I'm still kind of close to death. Yeah, yeah. That'll heal, uh, it's I'm not a terrible idea. I'm just going to heal four four health. Um, okay. I feel like that's it's prudent given okay. what I just witnessed. So for you to access any of the attractions, you have to go into the um, clubhouse. It's just like the clubhouse sort of leads to everything else here. Uh, the South Nylon's Par 3 Professional Miniature Golf Course Clubhouse appears to have previously been a ticket office where visitors could purchase their day passes for one of the fun activities outside. Instead, the cash register has long since been ransacked. Behind the cashier station is a Miss Nanny, motionless on the ground, but in nearly pristine condition. Hmm. So, is there a list of services that they used to offer? Does it say what is available available here other than the driving range and the long drive uh, contest? Well, there's the, the Par 3 Miniature Golf Course. Mm-hmm. There's the driving range. There's the pro shop. Mm-hmm. There is uh, the bunker grill and bar. Okay. I, I have the suspicion we should probably go to the pro shop first since we're here for equipment. And anything we might find we could possibly use uh, if we need to. Can, before okay. we go, can I check out the the Miss Nanny? I yeah, sure thing. Have- Pep is curious about it. Uh, so this looks almost like a... It's a Miss Nanny in very good condition. Uh, there's a few scratches and dings, something that you would expect out of uh, a Miss Nanny or Mr. Handy after a few years of service. Uh, but it's in very good shape, all things considered. It's just, it's like offline. I don't hardly know how to like turn it on. Um, 
intelligence repaired. Yeah. Do intelligence repair like difficulty one. Okay. This is pep roll. I guess I guess I can assist him. Attempt to assist him. Uh, intelligence and repair. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh damn. Well, yeah. Let's 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 do a little assistance here. <laughs> you might just want to make that's, your that's... own roll. You'll get more dice. Okay. So. Don't worry. I got this. I got this. Um. Yeah. Intelligence not great. Hair's not great. None of it's great. Nope. Mm, damn. Uh, Buck would like to try uh, seeing these people work on the Miss Nanny. He's kind of like, this is American ingenuity right in front of me. And being the forefront of America, I would like to to, to give this a shot. Yeah. Uh, intelligence repair difficulty one. Great. Keep going. Hey. Hey. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, I, I think this is like percussive therapy. You you get frustrated with it like 15 seconds in, and you figure like, oh, like any other machine, if you just shit out of it for like a few seconds, and you give it one solid clunk in the back of like the bulbous head, and you can start to hear this Miss Nanny come to life. Pep is going to give Buck the dirtiest look. Just the dirtiest look. Um, Buck, is gonna <laughs> yeah. turn, Buck is going to turn to Pep and just kind of like flare his eyes just like a little bit. Like put a little bit of, bit of magic in there to kind of like, you know, face off. Of course a robot knows how to fix a robot. I'm, there's nothing. This is 100% pure American blood coursing through my veins. What is your name? I don't even know who you all are. You're here at my driving range. I'm clearly the pro. I am clearly the pro at this pro shop. And here I am fixing the the things that you all look like you could do this all the time. I just punch it a few times and it works. That's how Americans work. Honestly, Clark was going to kick it if we (laughs) actually failed those. My next action was going to be to kick it really hard. So I'll, I'll, I'll clap. I'll clap Buck on the back and be like, hey, good job. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm Mrs. Chipper. Mrs. Chipper. Mrs. Chipper. Yes. Uh, No little chipper around here, huh? I was about to ask, is little chipper still here? We don't know. We just met Mr. Chipper, I'm guessing. Uh, He doesn't feel like he's nearby uh is mr chipper still alive uh what do you mean exactly by alive he's still functional like functioning he is functioning he's functional okay uh yeah just go ahead and unplug me again (laughs) uh are, are you are you sure about that i mean if if Little Chipper's unaccounted for and Mr. Chipper's alive, yeah, I really don't want to deal with that. Oh, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, would you, 
we'll unplug you if you can uh, give us a little bit of a hint as to uh, why you don't want to deal with it. Yeah, I don't want to deal with it because the person that programmed me decided that it would be real fun if I would have anxiety whenever I was away from my son. And then they decided to let my son have a larger wandering radius than I'm allowed to go out of. So I'm just sort of perpetually anxious, and it's really miserable. And the fact that I have to deal with my husband all the time, it's pretty miserable. So, um, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um and if that programming could be removed, that would be great. But the problem is I also can't leave the property because whoever programmed me decided that it would be really fun if I exploded to a bunch of pieces and killed whoever stole me. So I've got a lot going on right now, and I think I would much rather just sleep it off. Honestly, I, I can't blame you for it. Miss Chipper, is, uh, Little Chipper is your... Yeah, the programmer thought it'd be real cute if we had a son. He's just another Mr. Handy. And you mean to tell me that you've been unplugged for how? how? I don't know. The last person who came in here was kind enough to do it for me. So, Mrs. Chipper, I hate to inform you, but um, child negligence is a crime here on American soil. Uh, and and frankly, I can't I can't stand for 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 a crime in America. Buck, I don't think you're helping her anxiety. Yeah, you know what? I'm already feeling a, a little tense right now because he's outside of my radius of influence here. And uh, th- this gentleman with the glowing eyes here, that uh, he's not really helping me much. So um, is there someone here that could help me? Like, I don't know. Like, just some, I was programmed to fill these things. Maybe there's someone um, that can program me to not fill these things. That would be, like, I, real great I right now. It. I, I can give it a shot. Explode. I'd rather we not explode, too. How do we deal with the exploding problem first? Well, and that's then we'll part talk of about my, making you feel good. Yeah, so that's part of my programming and my geolocation. So if yeah. I go outside of a certain radius, um, outside of this geofence, um, I have about a 60-second delay before um, I explode. Uh, so that's way outside of the geo radius that I'm allowed to actually wander in. So I'd have to be forced out of that circle for it to actually happen. So I'm not going to blow up of my own accord. If you try to take me out of here, then I can't really guarantee your safety. Um, but also the further away I am from my son, the more anxiety I feel. I don't know why my programmer thought that would be a cute little addition, but, um, it really upsets me and I'm, take solace in the fact that that asshole's probably dead now. <laughs> um, I think he's probably incredibly dead. So um, I'll tell you what, do you, we'll shut you down for now. If if we can do something about your programming, um, we'll be back. And we'll, do we have your permission to try and update your programmings so that you're not... Oh, happier unplugged basically oh, god yes because this self-awareness okay. is kind of crappy given the circumstances so even a hard reset might be better but uh, i'm willing to try anything at this juncture sure sure um okay so for now i'm gonna i'm gonna shut you down and i i hope i i hope i see you later thank you for bringing me some peace you're, you're welcome and um yeah. hazel's gonna uh, going to toggle the off switch and then uh, is going to try and get a, a look at the actual programming core of the robot. 
Okay. Hey, um, hey, Buck, did you hear what I hear? Hard reset? Yeah. Seems like a quick way to go about solving the problem. I can just chuck her into the atmosphere and, and the radius will just explode her and then she doesn't feel anxiety. Does that, does that work for everybody? No, that does no, not I think that's, I think that's too hard of a reset. I think that's too hard of a reset. Even if we do yeah. a hard reset, clearly she has explosives inside of her. Uh, yeah. I don't want to mess with any bombs. But I will save the day. That will happen if, if we do it that solution. I'm sure you will, Buck. Uh, for now, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at her. If you guys want to give me a little bit of room, um, or y'all can take a look at the, um, the pro shop while she does that, because it might take a little while. Uh, Hazel, you do have the benefit of having a pit boy. Yeah. So you do oh, have yeah. an interface that you can uh, work with this thing. Um, make me a. Um, Intelligence science difficulty uh, zero to interface. Okay. Intelligence and science. Come on, baby. Uh, one success. That, uh, so you'll generate an AP, and mm-hmm. you are able to... Um, yep, you'll generate an AP, and you're able to interface with this uh, Mrs. Nanny... Or Miss Nanny um, device. Okay. I, uh, you'll well, see. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say this is definitely not uh, like a Mister Gutsy, like military grade hardware. Uh, this is some programmers uh, taking the piss out of probably probably somebody else because they somebody that they want to amuse. Um, I would think it'd be easier to reprogram her than it would be to remove the explosives uh yeah so it it's she doesn't really have like inherent explosives like she's already a nuclear reactor right like right, that's just right. how they work all you need is, is a feedback loop and right yeah so you are looking and uh you're somewhat familiar with uh miss nanny programming and it looks like whoever did the programming on this sort of piggybacked their own sort of subroutines Mm-hmm. Um, one of the subroutines is uh, like to, you know, be sort of like the, the happy housewife uh, for right. these uh, two, the, the big chipper and, and little chipper. Right. Uh, one of the subroutines is a, uh, it's sort of out of the box, like uh, protected, like a perimeter that they don't mm-hmm. want the, the robot to go out of. Um, mm-hmm. There's a subroutine that um, changes the behavior depending on the proximity of Little Chipper. Uh, Okay. And it's like the worried mother subroutine. Right. um, When you start to look at the logs, you realize that the AI in this Miss Miss Nanny has been reacting to this so much that, like, she's starting to become (laughs) self-aware. And mm-hmm. getting anxiety uh, because of this. And then right. last, there's a subroutine um, called hands-off, which is basically once you leave the, the a certain radius around the property, uh, the Miss Nanny will self-destruct. And self-destruct. it looks like this has been copied and pasted from uh, the Big Chipper and Little Chipper as well. So it seems like all of these machines have this, and it's just sort of like a theft deterrent. Right. Um, it's all software based. 
um, to remove the um, the the uh, worried mother subroutine. That's going to be a difficulty mm-hmm. too. Um, okay. Uh, intelligence, science, and then it's also a difficulty too for uh, the explosive routine. And you did have four AP from I just gave you, and then you generated one from uh, uh, the success right. for connecting. Okay, so um, she's basically a, a sentient creature, so I am going to try and do what I can for her. Um, first and foremost is to get rid of the source of her anxiety. Okay. And so, uh, and I am going to use um, a luck point to give myself advantage on that. Uh, so you can spend one Sorry. AP to get yourself an additional yep. D twenty, and then afterward you can spend a luck point to reroll. Okay, so I'm going to use uh, one a- uh, AP so that I can roll three D twenties. Okay. So, so intelligence and science. Yes. Okay. Cross your fingers, guys. Three successes. Three successes. So not only do you nice. succeed, that you generate an additional AP. Um, nice. So you are able to disable the uh, subroutine that. Uh, causes her anxiety when little chipper's out of her radius. Okay. Uh, uh, I am going to, I'm, I'm going to try and fix the blow up if she leaves the area subroutine. Because okay. we're on a roll here. And I am, once again, going to use an AP so I can roll th- uh, 3d20s. All right. And three successes. Three successes. So I think you're maxed out on AP. You're able to disable I, that yeah. uh, subroutine as well. Completely deleted. It's not even there as a, a potential issue. Um, so one last thing. Um, is there any way I can add a little bit, since I have a Pip-Boy, can I add a little bitty subroutine of my own? Uh, what do you have in mind? Uh, well... The anxiety, uh, solving the anxiety problem with her son, she's self-aware, and now hopefully the anxiety won't kick in when her son's not near her. Uh, Her proximity is no longer limited to where she is at the moment. Uh, I was thinking something along the lines of, um, uh, I'm going to say like a moving on up subroutine that she can find something better. Ah, I'll, that is a difficulty zero. Oh, okay. So I am going to give her the, enact her free will that she can decide whether she wants to stay with Big Chipper, Little Chipper here at the golf course, or if she has, if she sees somebody she would rather spend her time with, or even if she just wants to wander off on her own, that this is for either permanently or temporarily, she has the ability to uh, go wandering if she wishes. Okay. Or to choose to choose her friends and associates, that gotcha. she is not digitally chained to Big Chipper. All right. Since this, he uh... seems to be mostly just obsessed with uh, long drive golf. Yeah, uh, this difficulty zero. Uh, okay, that's um, I'm doing that. 
two D20s for that. Yep, crushed it. Yeah, I'm, and I'm naming the subroutine these... <laughs> uh, I like to move it on up. Uh, moving on up is good. I was thinking these boots were made for walking, but technically she has thrusters. So yeah. these thrusters were made for moving Fly, on up. Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. I'm not good at this stuff. <laughs> um, would you like but to turn yes, her back on? I would like to turn her now back okay. on. Okay. Uh, she boots up. Hi, uh, uh, Chipper. How are you feeling? Uh, uh, are you feeling a little bit better? I feel Chipper? like a new... Well, I don't want to say person, but uh, a new entity. That That's fantastic. Um, so I, I didn't change any of your core programming, your, you know, your... Oh, I looked at Oh, good. So, yeah, it just basically means that you can decide what you want to do now. Yes, I'm uh, getting the hell out of here. Okay, good for you. Also, I took um, the liberty of looking at your pit boy while you were doing that, and uh, um, I believe we'll be going to Rising Sun Settlement now. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Um, it does. We, they, we could definitely use your help. Excellent. I know the way, and um, I'm sick of this place, so I'll see you there. All right, I'll see you there. Um, I, I'll let Little Chipper know that his mom is off on a sabbatical and not to wait up. Uh, he's not going to care because his programming, just he, he's not aware. He okay, won't, fair. It's not, it won't even matter. Fair, fair enough. Okay, um, I would recommend uh, you choose a different name for yourself. I'll think about that. All right. Then uh, I'll see you at Rising Sun. Let's see here. Uh, the South Island's Par 3 Professional Miniature Golf Course Pro Shop was once an organized shop filled with anything a golfer may need. It is now a disorganized shop with very few items missing. Strangely enough, very little about golfing is beneficial for the average wastelander. Dress polos, slacks, skirts, cleats, argyle, socks, hats, gloves, clubs, balls, tees, bags, you name it, it's probably in here. I would I like know. to look around for American flag print things. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. Polos, slacks, skirts, cleats, argyle socks, hats, gloves, clubs. <laughs> but yes. Um, can I, can I like find like a good set that's like an American flag polo, American flag shorts, and like, I think a visor is like, Buck would think a visor is very American, uh, and yeah. very, uh, versatile to use, uh, and that also should be American flag print. Yes, you can, you can pick out the equivalent of a full outfit. Okay, great, yeah. You can that's, dress that's... yourself up, anything that you would think that you could find in a golf shop, and I guarantee that you can find American flag print stuff here. Uh, oh dear God, help us! That's that's great. I will do exactly that. Um, and he, Buck, kind of goes around and and, and looks at the looks at the racks, uh, pulls down kind of a uh, American flag polo with the shorts, 
Uh, he puts on the socks. Uh, they're just over his vault suit. He didn't take off his vault suit. This is like going on top of it. Okay. And uh, he's got his, he put on his visor. Um, and like Buck has uh, kind of a look of satisfaction on his, on his, uh, on his face. Um, is so is what's above the pro shop? Is it just like ceiling? Is there, is there stuff above it? Yeah, like I would say that the pro shop probably has like a uh, a twenty foot ceiling. Uh, it was probably using like a, a fluorescent lighting or some equivalent to make mm-hmm. it seem a bit more spacious. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't even think it would have used. Well, I guess with the fluorescence, uh, there probably was like a small layer of like drop ceiling, but the finished ceiling was probably like a foot above it. So. All right, um, Buck would like to crouch, um, put his hand over his heart, salute, and uh, Buck would like to uh, fly up and punch through the ceiling uh, to fly into the sky. Uh, you do so. Okay. Um, the, um, I mean, it, the the ceiling hasn't been cared for in a good long while. Um, the drop tile isn't going to pose any uh, issue for someone punching through it, and a Uncle Buck size hole now exists in the ceiling. And the 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 thing I want to do is I want to look for uh, Little Chipper. I want to see if I can find Little Chipper from my vantage point. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, make me a oh, it's called uh, perception plus survival. Um, difficulty one. Okay. Perception plus survival, difficulty one. Go ahead and roll that. All right. There we go. Two successes. Success. You see that little chipper is wandering around the outskirts of the par three professional miniature golf course. Well, you, you see... Two Mr. Handys, basically. You see the one that's at the entrance of the clubhouse and pro shop, which was Big Chipper, and you see mm-hmm. the other Mr. Handy floating around at the uh, mini golf course. Uh, I would like to, f- to fly down to the other Mr. Handy floating around the, uh, the mini golf course. Okay, you are going there. Uh, Buck and, not sorry, uh, Pep and Clark, you're in the pro shop. Uh, is there, is there like a see. basically with the pro shop what I'm going to allow you to do is since you found it and there's plenty of stuff here you can put together a full outfit okay so anything that you think you could get from a, a, a golf pro shop you can put together a full outfit you can have a golf club which is going to be the equivalent of like a lead pipe okay and also um, you do see that someone had experimented with putting uh, golf cleats in the knuckles of a leather golf glove, making spiked gloves. So I think that that already exists as a weapon in the book. So because everyone found the pro shop, I'm allowing you to put together a full outfit. You can have a golf club, and if you want, you can have spiked gloves. But that's really all there is in the pro shop. It's the one golf club. 
I was hoping to me- take yeah. three, dip them together to make a I, mega golf club. Also, I was kind of hoping I'd be able to get in there in time to get some of those paisley socks and put like golf balls in them and use it like a flail. <laughs> like a blackjack. Because, um, man, that would hurt really bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something. So write that down. We'll figure out what the stats are for that. But we can definitely come up with a uh, uh, soap and a sock equivalent awesome there yes one in each hand like nunchucks yeah (laughs) um really the only other thing that you all can do is go outside and from there you can see the driving range to your right the mini golf course on your left the pond up ahead and the bunker grill and bar also up ahead about this time um lonnie will make it back from his troops after doing the um uh, grave detail, and he will round up the Brotherhood of Steel troops to take them over to the miniature golf course. Now, when you look at the miniature golf course, you'll understand why Lonnie wants to take them over there. To the west of the pro shop is a menagerie of plaster animals, buildings, and landmark replicas. The decor adorns a miniature golf course in severe disrepair, scarred by the telltale holes of mole rats. You may be imagining it, but you could have sworn you heard the off-pitch rendition of a pre-war patriotic tune in the distance. Which leads us to Uncle Buck, who makes a very impressive landing next to a uh, Mr. Handy. Gee, mister, I didn't know people could fly. That's amazing. Thank you, young sir. Uh, My name is Uncle Buck, the savior of America. Uh, the, the, the champion of this wasteland, uh, how are you doing today, young robot? I'm Little Chipper, and my dad's Big Chipper, the owner of the South Island's Par 3 Professional Miniature Golf Course and Pro Shop. Are you here to play some miniature golf? I'm very concerned about your family. (laughs) Do you know who your mother is? Mrs. Chipper. Yes, I recently uh, uh, put a hole in her and then uh, reactivated her in some method. And she told me that if she doesn't see you, she's going to blow up. Oh, Mom always says that. She's no fun at all. Do you want your mother to blow up? I think it's just a figure of speech. I don't think moms actually blow up. Unless you talk to Dad. Dad says Mom blows up from time to time. When's the last time you saw your mother, young one? I don't know. Breakfast? Breakfast? Do robots eat breakfast? Is this is this some... Holy crap. Is this a, a modern machine thing that I just had no clue about? Do, do you eat lunch? What's, for, what's a robot snack? Tell me about your robot snacks. <laughs> I like lollipops and candy, mister. Robots eat lollipops and candy. Wow. I mean, you know, they taught us they taught us things in the vault, but they didn't they didn't teach us this. I mean, America, I mean, the, the ingenuity behind the, the inventors. Do you know who your maker is? Who is your maker? Gee, I don't know much about that religion stuff, mister. What I do know about is the secret of getting a hole in one on hole six. <laughs> So, so you're not you're not concerned about your mother. You're not concerned about your father. You're just concerned about getting a hole in one on the sixth hole of this golf course. Well, there 
assholes. I know the secret about number six. Who has the secrets for the other 17 holes? Well, maybe I do, mister, depending on how good or bad you're doing. Say, you have any kids I can play with? Uh, no, no, there there are no kids. Uh, your ro- how your robot age? I mean, I mean, frankly, talk, me talking to a robot and having this conversation today, I'm really concerned about uh, uh, you as a child being away from your parents uh, because your parents are going to explode. And frankly, that seems like child negligence to me, and that seems unlawful. Um, are you aware that you're a part of an unlawful activity, and do you need any help? Nah, mister, I'm fine. Well, if you're having a good time, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing over here, okay? I hope you have fun. Hole number one's that away if you haven't started yet. <laughs> and he starts, like, floating away. Uh, Buck's going Buck's gonna to stand there and, uh, and kind of murmur to himself and be like, I could have had an orphan sidekick, and he and he flies to uh, to hold number one. Um, as you, sorry, as you get a hold one, uh, as you, <laughs> had to switch there. As you get a hold one, uh, you'll see that the uh, Brotherhood of Steel uh, are sort of uh, assessing the situation, and uh, Lonnie Haybear is motioning them to you know take their position, sort of pointing out. Ask them to spread out and be aware of their surroundings and all that stuff. Um, as far as the party goes, that was real, Little Chipper's really the only like major thing over at the miniature golf course. And he knows the secret to hole number six. Yeah. If you're a kid, he might know the secrets to the other holes too, so you can get an unfair advantage against the parents. I feel we're getting close to I need an adult territory yeah, here. Was- Interesting uh, wording. <laughs> uh, every kid knows about every hole. I mean, that's what they. You know, okay, yeah. That. Um, in the pro shop. In the in pro the shop. shop in I the assume, pro shop. You know, they're selling things. Yeah. Uh, is there perhaps maybe a safe of valuables? Uh, if there was anything valuable, it's gone. Well, the, shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Uh, I want yeah. I want a big old driver. Re- yeah, regis- registers ransacked. I just want a big old driver then. Okay. Yeah, so that leaves the club. bunker, grill, and bar, the pond, and the driving range. Well, I just picked up a big driver. There's a reason for that. All right. <laughs> you going to go to the driving range? Absolutely. Pep and I are going to have our little competition. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to go get a drink from the bar and grill. Okay. So you go to the bar it's and grill. It's already been a long day. <laughs> you go to the bar and grill. We're going to go to the driving range here. To the east of the pro shop is the driving range. Nearest the pro shop, a small unmanned shed houses various and sundry golf clubs and buckets of golf balls. Tea boxes sit nearby, facing the expansive fairway with strategically placed bunkers and greens. Though the fairway is riddled with mole rat holes, bread box-sized robots maintain an eternal vigil over the lawn, forever grading, watering, fertilizing, and trimming the site. Hmm. Let's do the long drive challenge. Um, 
The long drive challenge. Yep. Is the driving range the same? No, the, the, the miniature golf has the multiple holes. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So, um, it doesn't sound like Hazel's participating. Lonnie's not participating. Nope. Um, Hazel is going to go get her first drink ever. All right. Uh, so, in the interest of time, we'll just limit this to one drive each. So, basically, uh, the best distance wins. So what you're going to do is you're going to choose your difficulty, okay? And the higher the difficulty you choose, the more damage dice you get to roll, and the more damage dice means the further your ball goes, okay? So a difficulty five is for, like, a professional golfer on a good day, all right? And a difficulty zero is someone that's just kind of fooling around with a driving iron for the first time in their life. So depending on... Your technique, your stance, if you want a happy Gilmore it, uh, what type of club you're using, all those things will factor into like your difficulty. You pick the difficulty, and if you succeed, you get to hit it real hard. Sound good? Yes. I'm right. trying to think of the sword equivalent of hitting a golf ball. Uh, be like the uppercut or something, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you can slice and golf. Yeah, you can yeah, slice exactly. Shot. And if exactly. you're a pugilist, you can hook. I mean, so it's. Right. So, what difficulty are you going with, Clark? Tell you what, uh, both of know. you roll a d twenty, and yeah. the highest number. Uh, since high is bad in this game, the highest number uh, goes first. Uh, let's see. Roll slash. Slash. Uh, okay. Clark with an A. Got me an eight. Well, not do that uh, right. Slash Either. R space D20. Slash. The slash goes first. Yes. Yeah, slash R space D20. Oh. Oh, no. Do it again. Oh, no, it's hot. Hit it at the exact same time, and then if they get a critical failure, oh, Clark they hit balls in the air. All right. Oh, look at that. Oh, Consistency. Oh, yeah, Mr. Okay. All right. So, All right, so, Pep, what type of difficulty are you looking at? I'm going with a three. A difficulty three. So you're going to make a straight not high, melee not check. Okay. Difficulty three. Drinks. Melee. One success. That is sort and of it is attack of a skill. Well, yeah. you, you still didn't do well on that. That was sort of kind of a whiff. Tag. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. And here's the thing. Um, I would like to roll a difficulty four. Yeah. But I would like to use two AP. You'd need to use two extra die. You'd need to use three AP three for dot, two extra. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Fine. All right. You're gonna try to crank it here. Got it. Oh yes. Okay. I need. I uh, want to see this actually. Four. Drink. I'm gonna get the popcorn. Popcorn. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow. You also, yeah, man. 13, 18, 18, and 19. 
I'm surprised you didn't hit yourself in the teeth. Golf is Yikes. hard. I, I, I take guess another. Not, Pep, you want to try? There's not a lot again? of crossover here. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Let's, Pep, neither one of us are experienced golfers. I feel like uh, I'm it's a very new activity. It's a very new activity yeah. for me. Well, would you like to go go next? <sighs> so, what difficulty were you going for, Pep? Sorry. Oh, I was, oh, sorry. Three again. Three. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's a miss, Clark. I feel like I gotta like. I gotta, I gotta chill my roll a little bit. I'm gonna go for just difficulty two. Feeling a little bit of, a bit there, just after that. All right, you hey. get there. There you go. All so right. uh, at the Hit top the of your character screen, at the top left, you can roll like a raw d20 or the raw damage dice. I want you to roll 21 yeah. damage dice. Um, Holy shit, okay. All right, 18, 17, 12. <laughs> And that seems pretty good. <laughs> 259 yards. Okay. You know, that's better than whiffing for certain. Yep. All right. For certain. All right. I'll give y'all a third attempt. Pep, you've got to beat 259 to win. Hey. All right. Come I will on. lower my difficulty. You can drive. You got, you got oh, wow. nothing. Whiff again. I'm Ooh. so sorry. Clark. Yeah. Congratulations. You are Oh, I want it. I, hey, I want my th- I want my third. Oh, take the here. take the third swing. Take the third and swing. And I will go I will go for a difficulty three. Okay. And I won't get it. So Alright. Uh so, so two for the matter. As a result, uh Big Chipper will come over and say Congratulations for winning the Long Drive Challenge. For your efforts, I would like to present to you the Green Seeker. Okay. So you now have the Green Seeker. The Green Seeker is a specially designed driver (laughs) made with mostly depleted uranium in the head of the club, adding significant heft to a small form factor. The Green Seeker, your go-to problem solver on and off the links. This is a melee weapon, five damage with radioactive effects, physical damage, two-handed, two-weight, cost 140, rarity three. Uh, the radioactive, I think, with the, uh, you do one uh, radiation damage when you roll an effect. Okay. So like you it. now have that uh, driving iron that Hep was sort of looking for. <laughs> um, Sorry, Pep. Hazel. You are at the bunker grill and bar while the boys are driving. Um, balls. Yes, yes. Okay. It it occurs to me that I'm not going to get my first drink in New England. So, um, uh, what do I what do I see in here? Is there anything that looks like it is still drinkable? Yeah, let's see here. Previously, an upscale steakhouse, the bunker grill and bar is a shadow of its former self. Tables and chairs lie broken and scattered about the dining area. The drinking glasses have been shattered. The plate's broken. Behind the bar, an automatron with a calligraphed Francois name tag stands motionless, ventilated with dozens of bullets. Ooh. Eight, 18 beer tap knobs, 
each matching a hole from the par three miniature golf course, stand ready to deliver their delicious payload. Hmm. So, beer, 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 beer. Eighteen on tap. Eighteen on tap. Oh, I got a bad feeling, but in the in the interest of brevity, I am going to. I'm going to randomly roll to decide which one I'm actually going to try and do. Uh, well, I got a 17. Okay. Uh, that one is the iconic uh, gator. Um, you have basically like what appears to be the start of one of those like knobs, but with a mm-hmm. gator ingesting it about 80% of the way down. So you're actually grabbing it by the tail when you pull uh, it down. Um, the, uh, tap makes a hissing noise. There is nothing coming out. Uh, well, let me try the one next to it. Number 16. Okay. Um, this one looks like a, um, I don't know, a big tree of some type because my knowledge of interesting things in Louisiana is pretty (laughs) limited. So this is like a big tree that looks like the whole 16 tree. It makes a hissing noise when you pull it down. Ah, uh, man. Uh, you try it with the other 16, they make uh-huh. hissing noises when you pull them down. None Near of them Near the work. tap, though, you do see a uh, faucet. Hmm. Hmm. This seems like a terrible idea. I'm definitely going to try it. Okay. Clear, clean water. It's pure? Yes. There's no radiation. No I, radiation. I can check with radiation... Oh, the, your, oh, your pit boy is not clicking. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, no. They've got a built-in water purification here somewhere. Um, okay, i got to tell the guys. Well, I'm going to drink the water first. Yep, it is refreshing. Um, it's uh, yes. It's not cold, but it's cool. Um, okay. In addition, uh, you can hear a faint humming of some machinery. And it feels Ooh. like it's below you. Okay. I am going to turn off the, the spigot. I'm going to fill another glass. I'm going to turn off the spigot. And uh, I am going to uh, grab a pack of probably stale chocolate-covered peanuts or whatever they have sitting behind the bar. And I'm going to go out and see if I can find the rest of my team. Okay. Anything edible the moths have already gotten to. That's fine. I'll eat moths. <laughs> Let's say you all convene at the pond because it's in the middle. So that would be Buck from the mini golf course and Hazel from the bunker and uh, Pep and uh, Clark from the driving range. Okay. The centerpiece of the South Nylon's par three professional miniature golf course and pro shop is a pond stagnant from untold years of calm. The nozzles of a water feature protrude from the surface near the center of the pond, offline from disrepair and lack of maintenance. Little more than mosquitoes and unusual plant growth along the waterline make this pond their home. Hmm. Plant growth catches your attention, Hazel. The Uh, regular mosquitoes, not like the massive ones. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, regular mosquitoes are pretty terrible, too. Come on. Yeah, they're also terrible. Uh, the plant growth interests you, Hazel, specifically. Hmm. That's interesting. Why do I find it interesting? 
because you've seen it before, but not necessarily in this setting. You have found Bloodroot. Oh, that's fantastic. I have a use for that. Yep. Uh, Roll me four damage dice. If you go to your character sheet at the top Mm -hmm. left, um, you can roll four combat dice. All right. Top of my character sheet, roll four combat dice. Do I just roll? Do I just click? Uh, uh, you click the one that looks like the D6 damage die, and then it's going to prompt you how many to roll, and you're going to tell it four. Okay. And four of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you get basically six servings of bloodroot you're able to harvest. Excellent. So you now have six bloodroot, and that entry is from the uh, herbalist guide, mm-hmm. and it can tell you things that you might be able to do with it. The notes I have yes. specifically are that it's a single white bloom. It can be used in certain blends to hide scent, has antifungal and antiseptic properties, may mm-hmm. be used as a rudimentary toothpaste and for skin conditions. It is toxic and must be used sparingly, and it could also be used as a poison. Yeah, that's Um, perfect. And can be used as a substitute for blood in rituals that require blood. But not that that really exists Okay, that one's new to me. Yeah. It doesn't exist in the game yet. (laughs) Uh, 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 Buck would like to go up to Clark and and be like, hey, so uh, in, in the vault, uh, yeah, don't really know you guys that well. Uh, you know, just kind of woke up one day with these powers out in the wasteland. But anyways, uh, I've heard of uh, there's a thing with beatniks that they go out and uh, pick grass and eat it. And sometimes they smoke it. And I've also heard that they're communists. Is your friend a beatnik? No, but she's a communist. Excuse me? Technically, I'm a Chautauqua. Communist. I don't know. Hey, I'll have, I'll have you know. You know, she used to. That- she used to. She used to go around, and instead of people paying her with money like capitalism, you know, like caps, like capitalism, um, you know, they would just give her like food, and they would just like share resources and, and share everything. So. I don't know what to make out of that for you. I'll uh, have you know, Teddy. <laughs> I'll have you know that Teddy Roosevelt said Chautauquas were the most American of pastimes. You gonna? I've argue heard a lot of. I mean, I've heard a lot of great things Teddy Roosevelt did. That time he punched a bull square across America and <laughs> rode a railroad at at, at, at light speed, uh, breaking the sound and light barrier together. I mean, sure. amazing man. It's, it's strange to me, though, that you are a communist and know about Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, again, just to repeat, I have more in common with a school teacher than I do with Karl Marx. Oh, so, oh, so you, really, you really know your stuff. So, like, my favorite Teddy Roosevelt fact, seven-foot vertical leap. Mm, 
yeah, I've, there's actually a mutation that will do that for you. It's called a, why do I even know this? All right, Mr. Uh, unless you have frog legs yourself. Wait, I, all right, stop. We, we're getting distracted. I came out here to tell you guys something very, very important. There's a water purification chip here. Great. Where? Need that. I, I think it's underneath the bar and grill because they're completely out of beer, but the water tap does purified water. There's no radiation. It's, it's automatically filtrating it uh, mechanically. I think it's underneath the building is they have like a, a, a water purification center built into the basement of the building. If we can get that chip, we can get purified water for uh, our settlement, which honestly is probably one of the most important things we could possibly bring back there with us. Although I, I did kind of, uh, you, you guys missed it. I, I did score us a, um, uh, a Miss Nanny. She's she's on the way back to the settlement to uh, uh, help us out there. So, I, I mean, uh, technically, we we do have a plus one now. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. As as she's not going to explode when she leaves the golf course? She is not going to explode. She may not put up with your lip, but she won't explode. I, I tried to talk to her son and talk some sense into him. She uh, said, to... he, "She said, don't bother." Well, he seemed like he seemed like a real, uh, uh, you know, a real one-track kind of guy. Um, just kept droning on and on and on about America. I mean, golf. Yeah, yeah, I know I, the type. I mean, should we reprogram Little Chipper? We could, um, but Where's that the thing is. Well, did he seem at all self-aware? No. Because Mrs. Chipper was most definitely self-aware, and she was basically stuck in hell. Uh, the other two Mr. Handys... They are um, running on a routine. Yeah, they're fine. They're, they're, they're fine here. Uh, we mean, could upgrade them uh, if, if you guys think it would do any good, but for now, I, I think... Extra hands are always, ex are always good, but... Water, water purifier first. Uh, water first priority, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, water. Well, also, have we seen any? Uh, have we seen any trace of those mole rats we were sent here to eliminate? You can hear. Yeah, have we heard any? Fire? Yeah, you can hear Brotherhood of Steel. They're kind of tending to the mini golf course, and Lonnie's sort of directing traffic over there. Lonnie's got it sorted. Okay, perfect. Uh, so let's go get that water chip. Okay, you go into the bunker grill and bar. Uh, you all also hear the humming noise when Hazel turns the water on. You can take a sip. This is nice, pure, clean, not radiated water. Uh, you can hear the hum underneath uh, the floor uh, somewhere. Um, you figure bars like this probably have a cellar of some type. Uh, you're going to have to try to find a door to it, but it appears to be pretty well hidden. Um, I would like for everyone to make a um we'll call it perception survival difficulty two perception and survival difficulty two uh, i got a one that's one that's one one a zero and you uh, uh you get one ap gm <laughs> if that matters oh cool get, gm right. gets one so, 
All right, so we don't see it, but let's think about this logically. They have 18 beer taps. They have to have a room where they stored the actual beer kegs that's cold, and then they would run uh, like hoses. I think this is how they used to do it. They'd run a hose from the kegs to the taps. So all we need to do is figure out where they would easily be able to move these heavy kegs and that's probably adjacent to the water purification area. Yeah. So maybe maybe outside of the building, like a loading dock or something? There is nothing what, like that outside. What's the floor yeah. made out of? Um, uh -oh. Wooden planks. Is our, <laughs> we see about, are, our um, initiate, are our initiates like with us? They are currently out uh, doing shooting exercises. Oh, uh, Clark, I had the same idea as yeah, Clark, you haven't made a oh. check yet, so... Okay. I, was, I had the same idea survival. with that, though. It's just going to kind of, like... This is kind of, like, kind of, like, bully it. Yeah. All right, so perception. Right. Let's try that. I don't... I have very bad. One success. Yeah. Um, um, I had the same... I had the same ideas. As okay. Pepto, yeah, so, so tell just... me your alternative ideas to try to uh, find a... a um, yeah, you know, kind of, kind of just getting a piece of metal and, uh, start, uh, start ripping those planks on up. Yeah. See if there's a, like a, a weak or loose, like floorboard to see if it's on where we can pull up one, see what's underneath it. Cause who knows, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's it. just uh, more another, floor. another competition, competition of strength pet. Yeah. Give me, I feel um, like you've got a weapon that would be very good for busting up wooden floorboards. Yeah, give me either uh, strength melee or strength repair. Difficulty one. Oh, three successes. Ooh. When you have a hammer, a everything AP looks like a there. nail. Uh, a couple Clark, AP right there. Okay, you are successful. Uh, and Pep, you are also successful because there's a big swath of like wood you have to deal with here. Um, you do beat around a lot of stuff. I'd like for both of you to take one damage um, as sort of like fatigue of like hitting hard wood sort of like sets in. You're going to have some sore muscles and stuff. Uh, you are able to find a doorway because you end up uh, hitting something that's like not concrete foundation and is a bit hollow underneath um once you crack that door open and crack the doorway and open it you see a ladder that leads down into um an actual bunker you know this was the bunker grill and bar you didn't realize that there's an actual bunker underneath cool bunker. you climb down into a well-hidden basement seemingly untouched by the ravages of time on one side of the room, a cage protects a functioning water purifier and stacks of kegs, many of which are hooked to tubing, which runs to the ceiling of the room. On the other side of the room, what appears to be a workshop is cluttered with drawn plans and mechanical experiments. The primary project, a dormant fusion engine hooked to dozens of heavy electrical cables with subterranean destinations. Bingo. So there's like a cage around the water purifier? Yeah, it's like a simple, um, like a chain link, like fence type thing, basically to keep you know people from like messing with it if they came down here. 
Uh, there's a rudimentary lock that's like uh, keeping it locked. Sounds like sounds like an easy problem for some laser of it. I, I would like to run my hand through the uh, chain fin, chain link, whatever. I would like to run my hand through the cage. Run your hand through the cage? Like, pa-pow. Like, put a hole in there so we can get that water chip, you know? Oh, um, okay. Make me a <laughs> strength. Naturally. Unarmed. What difficulty was it? Uh, I was about to call it two, so two is fine. Yep. You, uh, In lieu of going at the uh, point of easiest failure, you just punch through the chain link, and uh, you keep punching it, you keep punching it until effectively... The door no longer functions. Uh, you now have access to the kegs and the water purifier chip. Um, so the water purifying machine. Uh, the short version is you're able to take out the water purifier chip, and it should be compatible with whatever machinery that uh, you get for the Rising Sun settlement. Congratulations. You have the water purifier chip. Woo-hoo! In addition, uh, the majority of the kegs down here are hooked up to hoses, there are a few that are not. Um, so, uh, Uncle Buck, do me the honors and roll me a uh, roll me a d twenty. One of these kegs is still full. It is a Baton Rouge IPA. Uh, Buck kind of, I guess, spies that and uh, says. You know, the real American thing to do here is uh, to throw this keg in the pond. Uh, that's what that's what the founding fathers would want for this keg. I'm assuming you all agree. So I have a suggestion. Maybe throw one of the empty kegs in the pond because usually uh, you would throw the keg in after you'd had it already. Or there might be there might be some tea upstairs if you want. You can throw some tea bags in the pond if it makes you feel better. Buck, are you suggesting that our country was wrong when it removed prohibition? Are you are you trying to tell me that America got it wrong? That doesn't sound very. That sounds almost communist to me. You know, when, when they, when, when the president, uh, President George Washington II removed prohibition, uh, it was a very divisive time in America. Uh, and most people that, that drank alcohol were under the influence of communism. Are you uh, saying the president got it wrong? You know what you sound like, Buck? You sound like an anarchist to me. Yeah, you sound, you kind, you kind of sound traitorous to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Buck kind of like flares in the eye, um, and and but is also like kind of like in a confused rage at, at this realization that uh, maybe what he was told was a little bit contradictory. <laughs> Don't worry, Buck. We'll we'll get you sorted out. But you can definitely throw the empty kegs. We support uh, you. Buck takes an empty keg and uh, just like chucks it at a, a wall that there's nothing on that he can't hurt. And while Buck is having a temper tantrum, um, over in the... There are several things on this table, first of which is a device. It kind of looks like the business end of a, a leaf blower without, like, the nozzle, okay? Uh, there's, like, a fan 
Uh, there's a throttle, and there's a hopper at the top that's like a big, almost like funnel, and it is full of golf balls. And um, if you turn this thing on, you can start to feel like this gyroscope inside start to spin up, like to the point where it's sort of hard to handle. It's kind of like a fidget spinner. Like when you get one going, it sort of like fights motion a little bit. And when you uh, push the button, it fires a golf ball so hard, it kind of leaves a dent um, in the wall. Uh, congratulations, you have discovered the albatross. <laughs> so let me get this straight. They turned a golf ball returning mechanism into a golf ball firing minigun. Sort of. It's like it, it works like a centrifuge. The Albatross is a custom-made golf ball launcher originally designed to work in coordination with a fluorescent advertisement at the Southern Islands Par 3 Professional Miniature Golf Course and Pro Shop. Launching golf balls in excess of 250 miles per hour, the projectiles have a consistent pattern even at long ranges. Uh, the, Albatross can ex- the Albatross can accept stock mods and sight mods. This is a small gun, four damage, physical, uh, long-range, two-handed. Small gun. Okay. Yeah, it's I didn't want to make weapon. it a big gun, but like the damage offsets the fact that it's a small gun. Okay. Um, hmm. In addition, uh, there are plans nearby that make it look as though this might only be a small scale model of the Albatross. Ooh. With uh, models to eventually scale this up to something that was like, like, several meters tall and like launching, turret? you know, much larger projectiles. Like a turret. Basketball. I like. Basketball. <laughs> uh, also, oh, man. there are documents here suggesting that this entire facility was designed to be an electrified Faraday cage to protect against EMPs and other outside threats. Whoa. Like the entire building or the entire The entire course was covered in this netting tightly woven and interwoven with like uh copper and whatnot so the netting isn't isn't just protective against golf balls it's actually a faraday cage yes uh you imagine that the uh big uh fusion engine uh here and all the electrical cords going subterranean are what power it uh, I think the Brotherhood of Steel is going to be very interested in the place. Unless you don't tell it. them. I think we should take it. Well, what are we going to do with it, though? Power stuff. What? Yeah, so it's basically the a supplement. It's a bit large to take is the problem. Like, mm-hmm. it's got to stay I'm... here, but you know that it power? is here. So we can run. Can we... Is it feasible to start the power generating here and then have it power, have the power run to uh, where we are at Rising Sun? That is way too far. Mm. But it's good to have this in our pocket if we ever need to relocate Rising Sun or start a second settlement. We have a superhero. Can he just like pick it up? Yeah, can I, like, f- try to, like, fly up and be, like, a little <laughs> ghost with a really incredible long tail? Like, you know when you put the little kid in the ghost outfit and they're, like, you know, it's tasseling everywhere. It's going all over the ground. It's, like, yeah. imagine that. But, like, it's just, like, this, like, 
lifting mechanism that, that like, uh, I'm painting a picture here. <laughs> I'm not following your picture. I'm not following it. Go ahead and make me a, blue, uh, uh, a golf outfit. Like a like, strength plus magic. <laughs> oh, what do we call this? Uh, we'll call it strength plus athletics difficulty 57. Wow. Difficulty 57. Mm. I didn't you stutter. I'm sure it's fine. It's rude. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Two successes. Oh. It doesn't budge. Mm. 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 It's, it's as okay. though it's not going to budge. You're, it's, it's pretty well here. It's going to take a lot more effort to relocate this. Um, but... Yeah, basically this entire place is covered with, like, basically a Faraday cage. Hmm. So you've got what you set out to do. The last thing I'd like everyone to do is to go ahead and roll me a uh, D20. Because it's going to determine how your fire team did on their mold rat hunt. Oh, boy. Well, I, I rolled a one, but I don't have a fire team, so... Uh, you don't have a fire team. Maybe that's how Little Five. Chipper ended up in the end, you know? Okay. <laughs> All right, so Pep got a five. Oh, Clark yes. got a one. Oh, baby. Oh, no. We needed that. We needed yeah. They're scared he's going to kill awesome. another one of them. We needed that's this true. threat. They, they went out there. They went out there. Their comrade they had seen get cleaved in two and really, really, I mean, he just really, he took it to heart. It's you know, the other two, <sighs> honestly, they kind of feel like followers oh, and they just went out there and they, they did it Brett. They really did it. Right. My team rolled a 19. Okay. So between, they, and I guess they Lonnie shoot probably, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Lonnie if, needs I to just, if I just have one person on my team left alive, I'll be happy. Three plus eight plus. You didn't call your week. Four plus <laughs> one. All right. So, uh, whoever's keeping tabs of inventory between everyone, they collect sixteen units of roll, mole rat meat and sixteen okay. common materials. We'll start with Clark. Critical success. Your team performs flawlessly, avoiding any injuries and hitting nearly every shot with precision. They get a bunch from their butchery. Um, mm -hmm. Pep, a minor success. They avoid injury, but their marksmanship leaves much to be desired. They got four mole rat meat and four common materials. I'm, I'm proud of my team. Um, good. Mixed result for um, Lonnie's fire team. They got three mole rat meat and three common materials. Um, Hazel, with a 19, that's a major failure. Your fire team yep. is ambushed by mole rats. We're going to roll eight damage and split them between the five members of your fire team. I mm -hmm. will go ahead and roll that. Okay. So that's seven damage split between your fire team. So we'll just call it like two each. So they're still in fairly good shape, all things considered. Okay. They they had a rough go at it. Don't yeah, worry, but Team Clark came over and helped you out after that. Hmm. Yeah, Clark's team is like absolutely the goat here. Okay, so 
In conclusion, I packed fire. everything up, all this Yagua meat, all this mole rat meat. Um, your fire team members got some experience that they needed. Some of them aren't coming back. Uh, rip in peace, Brett. But you load up the uh, He's Maybelline. the weak link. He was holding him back. You load up Maybelline with your acquired goods and the knowledge of what you found at the South Islands Par 3 Miniature Golf Course and Pro Shop. Um, and you head north back to the Rising Sun Settlement. And when it comes time to split, uh, Lonnie will take the uh, initiates uh, back to Old Nolens and the Poseidon Power Plant back to the Brotherhood of Steel Base. And the remainder will drive off after having a hard day at the golf course. Tune in next time on Rad Rolls. Hi, Jared here. On behalf of the Rad Rolls crew, I sincerely hope you are enjoying the series. If you've seen Modiphius's Fallout 2D20 book, you know it's an absolute unit. Podcasts like Rad Rolls offer an opportunity to learn the rules by listening to them being acted out by players in a GM who, in truth, may only have a marginal grasp upon the rules themselves. Dirty little secret, I know. However, little by little, every session, every combat, every failed check turned success, everyone at the table learns a bit more about the game and by extension so does the listener. Dave and I will be putting together a little rules discussion series. For those of you who have been looking for that deep dive, want to talk about some math, or maybe you're interested in how the sausage is made, this will be your opportunity. Stay tuned for more details, and we hope to see you there.